right. We are officially recording at the moment, and the song is about to start playing. So, you ready? Okay. Right. I'm ready. Take two. Hold it. Hey. Damn, that was really loud. I need to relax. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yeah, you. Turn me up. You know who it is. Your host, Cody King. Zach Baptista. Fitness and stuff coming at you live from Fort Myers, Florida. 239. How you feeling, Zach? Feeling good as always. We are here. Ready to go. Episode 2, Season 3. How you feeling today, Zach? Feeling good, feeling good. We gonna we gonna start off with a little plug. Oh, a yes, live stream coming up right after this. We got the live stream. If you'd like to check out the live stream, you know, come out, chat with us, hang out with us. This week we're covering shooting our our uh, YouTube it's ETHQ two three nine, as well as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Oh, and since we're on the podcast. I know some of you guys might be looking at this on our YouTube channel, but if you'd like to listen to just our beautiful voices and listen to us, maybe while you're driving, at work, <laughs> in the gym, looking uh, to get know, that knowledge. Netflix, I don't know what you do. Whatever you do, if you have some spare or spare time and you want to listen to us, you can check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor. I know Zach knows a few other ones. Stitcher, Google Cast. You name it, we're on it. Yeah, if it, if it does podcast, we're there. So there's no reason for you not to listen. Tune in weekly. All right, Zach, why don't, why don't you let them know what we're talking about this week? What, what we got for them? We're going to talk about March Madness, which we tried to last week, but didn't have all of the information. But now all the brackets are set. So I'm going to run over some of the stuff that I've been reading up on on my brackets. I'm going to go through some lot, sports specific. Because oh, I I've, don't know any. I read... I... <laughs> Whatever is number I read, one. I read enough. Someone, uh, someone asked me about brackets, and I was like, "Well, you, one and two for the first round, and uh, maybe do a few upsets, not too many in the three fours, and then uh, you kind of just go with whoever's rolling hot and whoever your favorite is. I don't know." I got talked into like four brackets for money, so I, I kind of had no choice but to read up on it. So I did some work. Well, thank God <laughs> for that because I can't. Help. <laughs> I do have some stuff you could help on though. So we got sports specific training drills. So we're going to kind of go over uh, specific sport drills that we do skill wise or in the weight room uh, talking about uh, details that we work with and things that matter and things that don't matter, uh, especially in the off season um, for basketball and football specifically. Um, and then we got uh, some nutrition talk. We're going to talk about some nutrition during the off season, not necessarily during season because it's a little bit different during season. So so we're going to work toward more of the off-season end of it, just kind of explain to people how, how that stuff worked in the off-season, how you need to get your body right so you can train correctly. Um, then we'll talk a little bit more stuff that you got a lot of experience in talking about off-season, mainly in like basketball and AAU specifically. So how you should train um, in the off-season while you're playing AAU or if you should even play AAU or maybe you shouldn't train as much. We'll kind of go into detail with how those two combos kind of go together. So those would be kind of like a, that'll be a pretty good conversation. Cause I know a lot of the basketball guys that we're with, they do a lot of AAU and they need to get some work in off season before they either a go to the, their next year in high school or they go into college. Yeah. Especially with season just finishing up here. Everyone's getting back 
you know, uh, kind of took their little break off if they did, starting to get back into the groove, whether it's training. But uh, I know travel ball season is kicking up. I know tournaments either started last weekend or they're just now starting this weekend. So great time to talk about that. So since I know our first topic is going to be a little bit about March Madness, I personally don't know anything. <laughs> Why don't you fill me in? What's going on? All right. So I'm going to go over the the four different sections of the brackets. I'm not going to go through every single game. There's a lot of games, but I'm going to go over the, the main ones, the ones that people need to look out for or the ones that I'm looking at. So I'm going to start right off with my favorite and pretty much all my brackets. And that's Gonzaga undefeated. Number one team. People want to kind of team that's undefeated only team and they have and they have honestly the best team in the country by by far and and some people want to hate on them and say oh the they're not really that good but if you look at it they're literally the only team with three like legit nba players on that team like the last time anyone had that was duke and th- these guys are better than those three guys at duke like combined their offensive game is ridiculous so by far, they're definitely the favorites. I mean, obviously, you hear about upsets and stuff, but I don't see anybody in their bracket upsetting. I mean, if you look in their bracket, you got, like, Oklahoma, Missouri. I mean, they're both, like, 8-9 seeds. They're not going to be anywhere close, to be honest with you. The only one really in their bracket that could do any damage, I would say, would be uh, maybe Iowa or um, USC um, or even Virginia. Virginia could do something, but to be honest, their bracket is pretty wide open. Like, I wouldn't even say anybody could beat them so i'm gonna kind of go on a limb in the west bracket and just say gonzaga like it's pretty easy the west bracket's super easy the ones that when it gets harder is when you go to the east so the east has a lot of decent teams so you got like michigan lsu colorado georgetown which georgetown people are kind of sleeping on they're gonna be good at this tournament i think i think uh patrick ewing's got those guys doing pretty well um Florida State has come out of nowhere, and they they have a pretty good overall team. I don't know if they can make it past the second or third round, but I definitely can see them maybe potentially upsetting some of those top tier teams, even like Texas and and UConn. Alabama is another one that I have going um, into the Final Four. Alabama is very very good this year. I don't, I don't know why people be sleeping on them too, but there's still a few playing games left to see who some of these teams play. So a lot of these guys that are in on like that bubble that are still trying to get in. When's the um, first game? So they have playing games. Um, I think the 18th is when they start. Yeah, it looks like the 18th is when they have the first four in. And then once those first four in on the 18th are in, so I would say, what, Thursday? So Thursday they have those games. And then Friday is when the actual tournament starts for some of these teams. So some of them start on Saturday, some start on Friday. So it looks like they go by section. So you got like the Midwest and the South that start on the 19th. Then the West and the South start on the 20th. So they kind of broke it up because they're all playing in Indy this year. So it's not in different locations. So they kind of had to spread it out among those, that area. So you got um, like the South, the South division is another one. Baylor is, is a pretty heavy favorite. So it's, what's crazy is like this year is different from other years. Cause now you're playing in one central location. It's kind of like the, the bubble in the NBA last, like for the playoffs, all those teams that were like normally play well, they didn't. They they kind of just fell off. Like you kind of see how the Lakers kind of like cruise through like to the final, like to the finals. Like that's kind of how it's going to be for some of these top teams. Like the top teams are pretty much the favorites, and they're pretty much going to win the whole thing. Like it's going to be those top five seeds that are going to make it. I'm not going to look at many upsets this year. I mean, you got like in the South, you got Baylor, um, you got Florida and Ohio State. Those are kind of like the, my three in the South. Even Texas Tech, but like if you look like Kentucky's not in it, Duke's not in it. 
like a lot of these te- teams that you normally would see are not in there one because of COVID and two, because they just couldn't win this year because of everything going on. Cause then if you look down here, like in the Midwest section, you got Illinois, Tennessee and West Virginia, Clemson, Houston. Those are really like the top teams down there. But the only real team that I see in Midwest doing anything would be Tennessee. And they actually just blew like a 20 point lead against Alabama. So, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say, man. I, I have Gonzaga or Baylor in most of my brackets. The only other bracket that I have, um, it was the last bracket that I made that I had um, Alabama winning, which I don't know how I got to that, but it was an upset, I think, with Gonzaga. So it, it's I think it's Gonzaga for the most part, but I know I talked to some people and it's kind of like some people want to want these upsets to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. There's going to be no upsets. I hope Gonzaga just goes perfect the whole season and just wins it all. I think they will. At least something comes. I think they will. I know a, they, a lot of they teams have, have been losing. Yeah, yeah. They, they have the. Too. They have the team that I think really, if if unless someone is gets super hot and Gonzaga becomes super cold, even then Gonzaga should win the game. That's how good they are this year. So it's it'll be interesting to watch because obviously these games come through quick because the finals are like within a week like the games go by really quick this year because they're trying to go through them because they're one building so they kind of stack them pretty close together yeah they probably want those kids in and out that way they're not so much right. time next to each other so much for exposure yeah because the championship game is the 5th of april so it's not that far away well cool well next week we'll come back with a little bit of an update see how yep. everything's going i'll be able to kind of catch up with everything that's going on maybe give a, a little bit of a, a guess towards the midway part of this all right it'll be interesting for sure let's see so you got gonzaga i got gonzaga i'm, I'm gonna kind of go on a limb and just say that's that's it like gonzaga is gonna be the one i i do have some upsets in my brackets but at the end of the day gonzaga is just gonna be too hard to beat for anybody all right i'll go with gonzaga then all my info is coming from zach so if no no one come after me come after zach <laughs> I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit. All right. So, as soon as March Madness is over, the season's going to be done. Oh, we're not go- we're not going to that part actually. The next part is a uh, sports specific training. It's kind of to do with it though. Like if if you want to talk about the off season end of it. I mean, it's up to you. What, what, in general, you, you, you we can talk about it in general. So. So, so sports specific training drills in general. So like when I mean sports specific training drills, I mean like how like we do skill work in the specific sport or we kind of go into the weight room when you kind of enhance those type of dynamic movements with the skill to make the skill work better and more easier for people to apprehend. So are you trying to say that every sport doesn't train the same way? That's exactly what I'm saying. So you're saying sports-specific training. I, I can't do what I did for football for basketball. Uh, it's some things you can, but to be if you really want to dedicate to one sport, like I know a lot of kids that want to play two sports, and that's great if you have the athletic ability and you can like kind of bring in if you can hone those skills on both ends. That's awesome, but you'll never get that 100% potential out of each one when you're putting efforts in both you cannot you can't do two things and put 100 percent in both of them it's just too much especially at that age it's your, your body ends up breaking down to the point where unless you're a freak athlete 
you're not gonna get what you want out of each sport. So you, it's it's always better to kind of go toward one sport if you want to get really good at it. But at the same time, it just depends on your athletic ability too if you can get to that point and how good your dedication is too. Because you know how how much that the hard work kind of goes into those types of drills and gameplay. You know. Yeah, I know athleticism translates to all sports, and I know now more than ever, skill is a huge driven factor in majority of sports. So. The farther we get on with the game and the more that people are um, kind of working with people and really, you know, focusing on their game, it's just going to be tougher to be multi-sport athletes because kids are starting real young and they're training quite a bit and really getting after it and they're getting ahead of the pack. And as you can see, like, I mean, I spend a lot of my time with basketball, but it's so, so much more skillful all around than it was a decade ago. And I'm sure that's that way with all yep. sports, so. Yeah, skill work is going to be always a huge thing. I know you're working with a lot of football guys right now, so why don't you give us a little bit of like a maybe a peek or a view of what you're doing with those guys, kind of specific to football and how that translates. So when it comes to like the the weight room end, where I'm I'm working more toward the um, kind of like kinetic, like basically the flow of your body of how it works from head to toe. So when it comes to like balance stability footwork those things really translate to the field especially i mean really looking at all positions like when you're looking at like offensive defensive line uh trying to get around people using your legs and your upper body uh what even like quarterback obviously you got to have good footwork running back you got to have a lot of lateral stability and agility uh when it becomes more of like a even even maybe like a free safety or linebacker you really have to kind of be on your toes and be able to move on on a dime and I mean, it's not just that stuff because obviously it's a lot of mental. The me- mentality really has to be there where you're kind of doing 10 things at once. So you really need to learn how to juggle the mental game part and also the skill work and kind of making sure that both kind of go hand in hand. So really what I try to work on first is laying the groundwork, just kind of how like we do in basketball. Like you want to make sure you have good ankle stability, good lateral movement, Obviously, a lot of guys want to get quick. You want to be super quick. So you want to get those things right first before you go to the speed work. So then you can start working the agility ladder and start getting the footwork right. So then when you get on the field and you actually start doing skill drills, those those things you do to work on in the weight room and to kind of get your balance and, and stability right, that stuff will kind of translate to the field to when you get, get to the skill work part it makes everything way more smoother and it, you don't have to worry too much about that stuff because it kind of comes natural. It's more muscle memory. So then at that point, when you're teaching someone the skill, it it makes it that much easier to kind of break through with them and get them to hone their skills even better. I mean, it kind of works the same way with basketball. It's just approaching it in a different way because you're still got to build a base no matter what sport you play, but you want to get that base in the right direction because everyone has, every player is going to be different. Some players, you don't need the speed. Some players, you need the strength. Some players, you need both. So you kind of have to gauge what that player needs at your training and then kind of work toward that from the ground up. So once you get to that base level and you translate that to the skill work, it makes it so much easier to teach the skill work and for them to learn it because they don't have to worry about the other stuff because they're not compensating because they already have that part down. So to kind of, You've touched on it a little bit that now that we're sports specific, should we also be position specific? So let's say. So, 
say I'm a kicker, do I train the same way as a running back? Well, no. So basically, you can, but you, it's not necessary. So like obviously a kicker, you're going to work a lot of lower body and core because a lot of that power is coming from your core and just planting your leg. So whether you're a left foot kicker or a right foot kicker. So you want to make sure that you have the core strength. When you go to plant and you go to kick, it's not just the power. You obviously got to have accuracy too, but you want to work a lot more at a different angle than you would and more of a, a strength player. Cause you're not looking at just like a strength type of thing too. In as a kicker, like as a kicker, you want to have a lot of different, you want to be think about it, a lot of kickers are kicking off and they got to make a tackle. So you still have to be upper body strength, upper, upper, upper body strong, especially if you're just a regular kicker punters, you got to be just kind of quick with it. You got to have powerful legs, but you do have to train differently. But at the same time, there's still a lot of things you do the same as someone that's like a linebacker or running back. It, the footwork's just different. The speed's different. It's little things. It's nothing really big. You when you're when you're training for something, it's always the little things that kind of translate to the more grand scheme of things. Gotcha. I mean, when it comes to basketball, for the majority of things, I, I think every player should train very similar to kind of like a guard style or more of a free flow style. Everyone shouldn't be, if you're above this height, you, you train like a big at this age. I think especially at the younger age, youth, you should be working on all your skills. You want to try to be as skilled in as many different areas of the game so you can score in multitude of levels no matter what your height ends up being because uh, I've known way too many kids locally that are 6'2 to 6'6". Six, six and they're bigs on their team locally. And so they train like bigs when they're young because they're the tallest on their youth team. So they just get stuck in the post, never learn how to handle the ball. They get to high school, they get stuck in the post, and now they have to go off to college. And they're actually the height of their, you know, some points, two guards, you know, people that are playing on the perimeter, and they're really lost. And it's a one thing that you were saying is about footwork is that a lot of it comes down to, you know, really working on, just some minor little details, small little things that everyone needs to learn, the fun, the foundation to really get set. And then based off your position is where you kind of dabble into extras and, you know, really start to, you know, fine tune things on a higher degree. Right. And like when you, when you look at both of the sports, I mean, even if you take like baseball, baseball, the thing is a lot of people want to say, you don't have to be really be in like, athletic shape but those guys a lot of those guys that are getting paid the big bucks they train really hard and they do a lot of work strength wise and a lot especially like if you're a pitcher like those guys gotta have some strong and really durable arms because those guys are pitching hundreds and hundreds of times and they're playing hundreds of games like well over 100 games a season and then plus the postseason so like even a baseball player, th those guys have to really be durable, strong core, upper body, and even with your core. When you have a strong core, you got to have strong legs. So it, it it doesn't really matter what sport you're in, but there's just certain ways you have to go about it. And depending on the position, like the, it, a lot of these leagues are positionless at this point, especially in basketball. Like you got centers bringing up the ball half the time now, especially in the NBA, and you see it more and more in college now too, as as the game gets it's different but you're gonna start seeing now where even in like football and baseball these guys are athletic enough and skilled enough to where you can literally play any position 
you just have to train correctly and train first that person itself if you have a certain body type or a certain athleticism you train toward that body type or athleticism you don't just train specifically for the position it's great to do that and you should but there's also another side of it where you have to look at their body type and how they move and how they react in their history to be so they can become better with their body because changing the body is one thing but working with what they already have is another because you have to kind of work differently with their body types when you're working with someone that's already athletic or already playing a sport you're kind of just taking them up a notch or taking them to another level or maybe you're doing things differently than they were trained before because obviously every trainer is different not every trainer is going to train the same and not every player is going to train the same so when it comes to whether you're in the weight room of skill or working with skill like that stuff is always going to be different. You just kind of have to find the formula that works for that person. So they not just comprehend it, but they also work well with it. And you see the results because that's, that's the main thing you want to see results. And that's always what they want to see. You want to see it too, but when they see it, it makes them work that much harder because they know it's working. Yeah. You're making a great point that based off of every client, so to speak, everyone's a little bit different. And your approach to everyone's a little bit different because their way of learning or the way of motivation or, you know, some limitations could be from injuries or previous things going on and stuff like that. So, you know, every single, you know, uh, person, every type of every uh, scenario is a little bit different. You got to approach it a little bit differently as well. Yeah. The one thing I was going to ask you, too, I think I had it when I was drawing up notes is what do you think, like, for like for you when you're training a lot of basketball players obviously like what do you what what do you think about like how much you should be training so like for me i i'm really like picky when it's off season i like four to five days a week with a with a recovery day and that recovery day is like an active rest day but what like what do you what do you think when you're training like is there should they be training as much as they can or should they be careful of the overtraining because i've seen a lot of players try to try to overwork and they overtrain and their bodies just plateau out so they're doing more harm than good like what do you what do you see at when you when you train well when it comes to basketball i mean i block things in a lot of different categories so we got you know your shots daily shots um you got your your lifts and your conditioning a little bit combined and then you have kind of your skill work and then you got some free play. Not every sport has all those things because, like, let's say baseball, for example, you can't go play pickup baseball all the time. You can't just go get a few friends. Yeah. You can't just go play ones. You can't go twos. You need a whole entire group. You need quite a bit of numbers. I mean, you can go hit or you can pitch. So you can do, like, that skill-specific stuff or position-specific. Yeah. Um. So back to your question of how much, I guess, we're going weekly. Um, mm-hmm. Shooting. It's a daily thing. I, you should probably shoot every day of the week. I guess you can take one day off when it comes to shooting, but you should probably get up around 500 shots a day every day. It doesn't always I feel like that's to... a lot less strenuous too than some other things. Right. So when it comes to the shooting, that's not too much on the body because a lot of it's going to be kind of at a slower pace because you kind of shed like a routine. Some uh, I don't know if you ever watch boxers, but when they warm up, they go through quite a, a long, extensive combo kind of just like rhythm and they'll just kind of like go through stuff one two one two two one 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 two they'll go through a whole entire series and it'll, it'll take quite a bit of time so i think when it comes to a shooting thing you're, you should go through a certain type of series uh very frequent shots very familiar shots very you know 
shots that are just going to happen all the time. And you know they're going to happen because you know, your catch and shoots are going to happen on your perimeter and the corners and the wings. You pick and rolls, you're going to get certain types of shots. You're going to get more flows. You're going to get certain types of lays based off your style and your experience. You kind of already understand what your game is and your style and what type of shots you tend to see, especially with your coach or your system. But moving on from that, you're lifting uh, in off season. I just since basketball season just ended, this is your perfect time. You probably got maybe a week, week and a half to two weeks off after season, to kind of rest up because you know season's pretty hard on the basketball body. A lot of running, there's a lot of games. Practices are pretty uh, hard condition wise. So uh, three to four times a week for sure. If you can get five, six, and you get really dedicated and you know exactly what you're doing, you know definitely get into it. But it's also based off the body. Like if your body's if it can't handle it, I mean, sometimes you push through and you got to break those barriers, but you got to listen to it. You can't overdo it. And then there's practices that are going on right now uh, for some travel teams. So they're probably not too frequent. You probably have like one practice a week or once every two weeks. So that's not really too big of a worry. And uh, but the biggest worry would be going to play a lot of pickup. Right now, everyone gets done with season. And they just go play a bunch of pickup. They play every night. They play you know, four or five hours. And that's another thing that's wrong, though, is that for every, let's say, game you play pickup, you should have three hours of skill work if you want to see growth. So I, my players, when we talk about that stuff, they're limited in their pickup based off of how much skill work they have. So they're not allowed to truly go play a lot of pickup because you're, you're going to have to hit that skill work, and that's going to take a lot of time anyways. And you have your shots already on top of that, so then you got your list on top of that. So it's quite a bit for the body, but some of that stuff's stagnant. Some of the stuff is in a controlled environment. And when it comes to the weights, a lot of our players are under a certain type of program or they're, they, from us personally, they're going through some type of you know, routine and they know exactly what is already ahead of them. So they know kind of what they're already prepared ahead of time to a certain degree. That makes sense. And see, what's, what's really big for me is the, the recovery part of it. Because a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll work their bodies to the bone and they'll kind of like neglect their body to heal because i mean you you can spread it out to where you're working out like three three days on one day off two days on and then a day off well you can even spread it differently where it's one two one one or however you want to do it there's so many different ways the biggest problem is when you don't do that recovery part of it you don't take care of your body whether it's stretching or Maybe just working on a certain muscle you overworked that week, or maybe maybe you did two days of legs, or maybe you did um, let's say you did two days of conditioning on the court, and your body doesn't have the means whether it's it's not hydrated or you didn't put enough fluid, maybe enough uh, nutrition in your body. So that stuff all kind of correlates together. So that recovery day of you kind of focusing on yourself, of just kind of like rehabbing yourself, whether it's like for me on Sundays, I have few guys that come by every sunday and we make sure we do stretching we do a lot of we do a lot of yoga stuff we use obviously like hypervolt uh the venom i'll use my muscle stimulator sometimes there'll be some someone will have a something maybe in one of their bigger muscles they'll have some some muscle fibers they need to be sh to scraped out so we'll scrape it out things like that to where you're taking care of your body whether you put a lot of strain on it or not you want to make sure that your body is properly recovering every week so when you go to that week fresh in on Monday, you are ready to go and you're not feeling tired from the week before. Cause that's a lot of times what happens. You get in a routine, you do it one, two, three, four, five weeks. 
and halfway through your body's starting to shut down because it's either a plateauing or b it's just really tired and now you're kind of mentally working with yourself to get up for it so for you to go to a workout five weeks in you're like oh man i don't really feel like it today well that's because you're not taking care of your body your body needs to recharge needs to refuel if you don't do it at least once a week it'll never come back to 100 percent. it'll always be at that 80 to 90 percent it's kind of like it's kind of like charging a battery or your phone you go to, you use your phone all day every day for everything right so if you charge it but you don't complete charge it every week that battery will never get back to 100%. It's just going to stay 80, 90% and it dies faster because it's never at 100%. So it, it's it's kind of like that if you really think about it. Your, your body needs that fuel. It needs that time to recoup. And if you kind of put forth the effort of you doing it yourself or going to a trainer and, and having that recovery day, it makes the training so much better and you actually see results better over time. Your performance is always higher when you put that recovery day in there. Yeah, people neglect recovery and just taking the time to really stretch out beforehand and they take it that it is it's pretty absent uh, i work with a lot of clients and you're forcing them to stretch even you know years after working with yeah. them it's still kind of like they're so quick to want to get their shoes on and you know start doing stuff already and you, you got to take that 10 15 minutes every day no matter, even if it's multiple times a day, yep. if you have multiple workouts, you can't just stretch once a day. Sometimes I hear that, oh, I stretched at home, or I stretched this morning, or I stretched at practice, or I just came from playing. You sat down. It doesn't matter how old you are either. You sit down for just a few minutes. Your body's already tightening up. Every, you need to rework everything already. That's why even when we take breaks, well, we don't take that many breaks, but you know, sometimes I'll see a kid sit down and, oh, you got to get up. Yeah, you're going to tighten up. You're on that phone for 30 to 45 seconds, you're going to come back yep. feeling a little bit different. So, Toll. speaking of our bodies and you know, really preparing, what about what we put in our bodies, Zach? So, okay, so we'll, we'll get more to the nutrition part of this side. Now, this is my favorite side because I, I constantly learn about nutrition. Now, I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that. You're a cook, but, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Zach, I do Zach, cook. Zach can cook a mean meal. I do cook now. It's it's funny because like I I have a lot of I read a lot of different things and see a lot of different opinions on Instagram and different opinions through people I know whether it's a trainer, um or even like I, t- I talk to a lot of nutritionists and stuff like that too. It, it it becomes to the point where it's it's too scientific for some people, but it's not really. It's super simple. People just like to overcomplicate it and make it difficult. And that's why you see like all these Instagram influencers that do it. I see a lot of them and they'll try to sell you on an energy drink or you need a pre-workout or you need to put this in your body. It, you really don't. It all comes down to, to just how you eat and how you fill your body. But like really the only thing you really need to focus on is making sure you're consistent. Consistency is literally the number one thing. You always have to start with a goal. Obviously everyone has a goal and where they want to go. Like if you want to get, let's say you want to add some weight, but you don't want to add add weight you don't want to add a bunch of junk food in your body you want to put something that's going to fuel your body so the performance goes higher because what happens is if you just eat a bunch of potato chips you're trying to gain weight you're not going to want to work out you're going to feel like crap in your workout you're, you're not going to get the performance you need to have clean energy good energy and i'm not talking about you got to be a vegetarian it, you really just have to eat clean and really be careful with the stuff that you're putting in your body like when you when you're buying stuff that's frozen with preservatives and prepackaged, a lot of stuff's not good. 
Like you can literally eat chicken and rice every day. And that's healthier than you kind of eating pre-prepared meals that even if they have vegetables and a lot of times like they have salts and different types of oils and stuff in it. And that's the stuff that really triggers stuff in your body digestively and just energy wise. It does it brings down the energy. So you really want to have a goal on where you want to go, whether it's adding 10 or 15 pounds of lean muscle or just trying to drop some weight so you can kind of take the pressure off. Let's say you're at 235 and you're trying to get down to 220 dropping that weight and then adding muscle after that because you can't do both at the same time it doesn't that doesn't happen your body can't do both at the same time just doesn't work so you have to separate it and create that goal because once you create that goal you can plan it and you can go on a five week a 12 week a six week however you want to do it whatever you think is susceptible to do to make that goal you, you really have to kind of plan it out and be really consistent with it if you stay consistent on it You'll get there. It just takes a lot of time and consistency because you know how they, I don't know if you heard the saying before, abs are made in the, in the, in the kitchen. That's a saying that I've heard all the time. And I mean, I've had it's not just like that. sixth grade, so I win though. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. But basically, basically, if, if you can, if you can feel your body correctly and, you put the demand on your body, the food will give you the energy. You don't need a pre-workout. You don't need coffee. You don't need any of that stuff. You need to feel your body correctly with the right foods to get the energy and to have the performance level. Now, you can you can talk about doing it year-round. You want to have a healthy lifestyle. But when you have a specific goal, especially in the off-season, let's say you want to add 12 pounds of muscle. Well, you want to eat stuff that's super lean, high in protein, you don't want to shy away from carbs. That stuff is – people always say carbs are bad. They're not bad. Carbs give you energy. You just don't eat the right carbs. When you're eating a loaf of bread, that's not going to help you. If you actually eat carbs that are help, helpful, you eat your, your your occasional potato. You eat a sweet potato. Vegetables have carbs. Fruits have carbs. Rice, like that type of stuff is super good for you. It, it, yeah, you don't want to overdo it, but – it's really hard to overdo it when you're an athlete because your athlete, when you're an athlete, you your body demands more. So you think you're not eating enough or you're eating too much. You're actually not eating enough. If you're like, if you don't, if you think you're eating too much, you're really not. The calorie intake always goes up almost double when you think about it as an athlete, because you're burning it off so much, your body needs to keep that fuel in your body in order to use it. Cause if you don't have anything in your body, it starts feeding off itself. It's the last thing you want. You want the food to fuel you. So, being consistent on that that end of it, putting clean, healthy food in your body, and then once you kind of turn that that page of being consistent and you can stay on track, it makes it so much easier to live a lifestyle of it and not just oh I'm doing this for six or twelve weeks and I'm done. You don't want to be done, especially if you're an athlete. You got to stay on it. You can't you can't just kind of throw it by the wayside. Anything else? This is kind of your not segment. really. This is I mean, I could I me. could kind of go into more detail, but I could I could I would I'll save it more for later because there's a lot of things I get into with nutrition, like really detailed stuff. When you go into like someone that wants to lose 15 pounds and they want to just add lean muscle, you have to lose the weight first and go into a little more detail afterwards to kind of gain that muscle back, but in a lean way. So there's different ways we can do it. But I'll, I'll save I'll save the other stuff for later because it's a lot of more detailed stuff. It would honestly take me a good 20, 30 minutes to describe some of these. So I'll uh, I'll leave that for another segment that we're going to have. Ooh, um, maybe a YouTube series. 
you guys yeah, want to see I a was... nutrition series, if you have any questions about nutrition, leave it in the comments down below. Zach can then get or Zach can then address it in a series coming yep. soon. Yep. There we go. That's 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 the that's a good way to do it. Good way to do it. All right. Well, we spoke about so it. The lot well yeah, the, the talking about off season AAU. Yeah, we were I know we were mentioning off season a little bit earlier. I know that we were going to touch yep. it towards the end here today. And uh, yep. I know we mentioned it a little bit last time in episode 1. Mm-hmm. Uh we've been talking about training whether it's been sport specific, position specific, you know, uh like the time you kind of put forward or kind of a lot for it. I know this time of the year, it's at least for me personally, working with basketball kids, uh, as soon as high school season is over, uh, a, uh, travel and AAU start pretty soon after. It's been about two, three weeks. Eh, it's been about three, four weeks, so about a month. Mm-hmm. And I know not. I don't know if last weekend they started, but I know this weekend there there's some games going on. And I know kids are going out, and I know for us we were going to talk about playing both or training and playing at the same time which i think you should be training year round especially for basketball it's hugely skill driven more skilled than a lot of other sports at least i believe so i know there could be opinions all over that based off each sport everyone's a little biased based off of their own but uh you have to i guess you take you're, uh, when it comes to traveling, you, you play a lot more like three game days or you'll play these weekends where they're throwing seven games at kids or you'll have three games, maybe on a Friday, three games on a Saturday, and then Sundays you're, you were, those first six games placed you for a Sunday day tournament or whatever, and you, you could have three or four games on a Sunday if you keep winning or even if there's like a loser's bracket. And I know sometimes it might have just like a day event where you'll play three games or you'll prefer it to be like a round robin type of, I think it's called, and where you'll play, there'll be three teams, and you'll play each team to, for once, so you'll have two games. So there's a lot of different things that are thrown at you in one day. So I guess it's just really managing your load on those days, and making sure that you're not overdoing. And kind of talking about uh, earlier when I mentioned, for every game that my clients play in, they have to train three hours of skill work. So they're not then going to play extra pickup that week. So if they have all these games, they're just limiting stuff when it comes to pickup. So it's pretty manageable. I think you should be training for all sports through all throughout the year. Even you should be lifting through even season. Uh, there's too many kids that take off lifting during season. Um, what's more important, I would say, based off of your age and your grade, it's in kind of where you are as a player based off of kind of everyone else and where you kind of fall you don't want to expose yourself so if you're playing a lot of you know games you're and you're not doing a lot of the the good things you're not correcting things you're not you don't have a plan and there's not specific things or weaknesses that you're trying to turn into strengths you could get exposed or you could just be creating bad habits if you just continue to play, 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 and you're not taking that time to train. So trains, that's why I say for every game you play, and a game is, you know, it could be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you should have three hours of skill work. So you need to be developing the skills, and then you try to, with small, 
you know, little examples or time slots you, you know, kind of play because it's very hard to analyze everything unless you got a lot of film. If you have film, you could play quite a bit and you could learn a lot from film as long as you take time to kind of break it down and analyze it. But that's another story all in itself because we can't even get kids to stretch. How am I going to get you to sit down after a game and watch your entire game and break it down and pause it, rewind it, and really take a an unbiased look at yourself without going like, oh, that rep didn't call that foul or my teammate didn't do this or the coach is tripping. You know, he didn't run on Making the right excuses. Play. Yeah, so I know uh, they both have their, like, their pros and cons. So you kind of just manage them both. Just like we so would you, would you say that like if someone were to come to you and be like hey should I should I should I just train and not worry about AU ball or should I just do AU ball and maybe train after would, would you say there's that's better or would you just do both together and manage it correctly so if you're younger I'd say train more AU less and as the older you get you would put more focus on AU it's not really that you would train less because you should still be training just like you would before because college players and NBA players, if you want to be at that level, you have to train like that. So it's not a matter of cutting your training for AAU, but you would take more of a focus with AAU because then, as I mentioned earlier, if you get into it a little bit too quick without gaining exposure, you could get exposed. So if you have a bunch of these bad habits, bad tendencies, you're going to be putting those on display for people, whether you're trying to find a new program, whether you're trying to find a new uh circuit to play on or to kind of put yourself out there as a product for coaches is going to be tough for you if you have all these bad habits because you're just going to be spewing all this out over and over and over again so that's why earlier on work on your skills get clean know your or know your fundamentals find a good program find a good system find a good group of guys gel well work hard just keep working and then as time progresses Get your time or get your uh, have your little uh, moments for your exposure events, for your travel, AU. I know every season, every school team has 25 games, at least here in Florida. For high school, you have 25 games to your season. Then you have playoffs, so you're guaranteed that every year. I know summertime, every school probably plays, I don't know, 10 to 20 games. Some schools play 40, 50 games in the summer. And then with your travel ball teams, you could play, shoot 20 games you know, in a month. And I know it travels a month here, a month there, two months here, two months there, a little bit before season, after season, through the summer. I know there's all different types of periods as well for recruitment and talks. So you just have to plan really well, manage your time. As we were talking about earlier about managing your workload, you just – have to kind of adjust throughout the year and I know we talked a little bit about train maybe different types of train based off the time of the year and how you yeah. should focus so it's just you're just staying on top of your stuff making plans you know staying on track of what those plans are and kind of readjusting your goals throughout the year as well so that way you're kind of always working towards something and having just something new to kind of get you fired up I was I was going to ask one other thing cuz I didn't put it in our notes but um as a coach what what do you um what do you think about AAU ball cuz like when when a, when you go to your coach as a player and you're like hey coach I'm playing travel ball but they want you in a gym working 
how does that correlate with each other? Like, how, do, how does that work together? Does that matter as a, to a coach or as a coach? Like, I don't really know if I want you to play as much AAU ball because I want you fresh for next season. So how, how do they look at it as a coach? Every coach is a little different. I know coaches personally, especially here local, they hate travel. They want their kids fully invested to their program, which it's not a bad thing because kids should be quite invested to their high school program because that's quite a, like a pride thing. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of these local high school coaches are getting these kids their look, so they will need to take these other outlets to get more opportunity, more exposure, especially since there's more people that are well-established and there's people that are using their connections better than ever now to really help these kids. And, and some of the people locally, at least here in Southwest Florida, it's not that maybe it's they're limited with their uh, just people they know, but also just effort and maybe not knowing exactly what to do because maybe who they've worked alongside or underneath before didn't really put emphasis on. So I don't know. Some coaches just got to take it with every coach. Every coach is a little different. They all have their own prejudices. We're all crazy in our own rights. We all are going to be very strong believers in whatever has worked for us in the past. So every coach is a little bit different. Me personally, depending on where you are, it would be then depending on what uh, program you'd be joining. So if you're wanting to play, I don't know, like a circuit team and you're trying out for like each one, teach one, but you got a lot of bad habits and you can't make our starting roster, like eh, probably not the right spot for you to go to. Maybe you go to more of like a, a local travel ball team where you're playing a little bit more of just local teams first and then, you know, take time and really develop your game. Don't just go all to these big teams. I mean, a lot of those big teams, you're going to have tryouts, so if you don't have the skill anyways, you're not going to make those teams. But uh, yeah. I don't I don't. I don't have a mind with it as long as you can make it to practice as long as you don't miss our stuff i know there's a thing about managing both and you might have to miss something here or there and a lot of high school programs should have practice very consistently even through off season uh that way your your programs are going to grow every year consistently and if you don't do that you're going to put yourself at behind so i know there's some coaches that think that these au teams are hurting the progress of their but that's because they also limit themselves to very small times of the season or small blocks of the year where they'll really amp up training or group specific things or getting the team really you know moving ready a progressive direction where they're working towards a goal and and based off of kids and playing different sports every program's a little bit different based off of your personnel so i mean it's a little bit different no matter where you go I don't care. Yeah, you got, y'all need to be playing. Y'all need to be ballers. So it needs to be a lifestyle. So I hope you guys are having, especially the playing ability to where these programs are approaching you to play. The experience that, that helps. You relax there. Shadow guest appearance. My dog. My man. What's up, boy? His mama home? No, she's not. We got anything else we want to talk about this this uh week? Uh, I don't know. Teva, any any more plugs or info you trying to try to get through this week? Anything going on? Anything else going on with the I channel? Mean, I mean, it's spring break. A lot of training going on right now. Loving that. Yeah. Gym all the time. Five a.m. every morning. Uh, still working with that kid Noah. Got some other 
kids uh, wanting to work out this week. I had some good stuff going on. We had uh, Deuce and Nimia earlier today. Nice little session. Nimia's coming along. I know Nimia's been working with you quite a, quite a bit recently. That man, I know when I yep. met him, just a little bit over a year. Maybe maybe it's been closer to two years. I don't know, maybe a year and a half. Um, that kid couldn't jump really before, and now that dude can jump off one foot, off two foot. He was showing me today. I know he had some dunks yesterday. So he's working hard. It's paying off. He's working. The time you put in, you get out, man. The more you do, yep. the more you'll get out of it. That man's been working hard. I, I'll tell you, that man, since he first met me, and we were talking about nutrition and just kind of you know, really making commitments to everything. That man has committed since day one, and he hasn't missed a day. Yep. We, we just talked about nutrition too, but the, today we were, uh, I was talking about changing up a little bit on him, trying to, to get some, get some more muscle on him. And, and, uh, that kid has been on the meal plan I've given him for almost a year and a half now. And he has been nonstop on it, which I'm very impressed for someone that age. You know, we don't put that type of work and dedication into it. I know a lot of other guys that work into it. It's hard to get them on a meal plan or even stick to anything even remotely close to a meal plan. So it is to see someone like that, put in that type of effort into a meal plan and really be dedicated to it. It's a, it's a good thing to see because you just don't see it nowadays. And a lot of kids, a lot of kids just kind of blow it off. Like it's nothing, but really you can see it over the time he's been using it and, and working out, working with his skill work and training a lot. It, it, you can see it, it's working. It's, and he's still young. He's not even a junior yet. So. Yeah, man, got some time on him. Uh, I've loved the growth already. He's a hard worker can't wait for what time kind of brings his way and the opportunities that are coming his directions for him to finally be kind of ready to take advantage of them it's exciting yep especially that once yep. he gets that shot figured out that man's gonna be nice yes sir got any anything else going on any uh new shoe game stuff this is fitness and stuff. I know your, your shoe game is on a different level. Man, I was just talking about just this that earlier. Closet. Man, yeah. I'm gonna have to show it off one of these days. I, we got, we got. Oh, we should do. We a, got some. What's your favorite Jordan? In the comments down below. What's your favorite Jordan? What's your favorite colorway? What's your, what's your favorite basketball shoe? You wanna do basketball shoe? Just general and basketball shoe? Yeah, let's what's do your, in general like basketball a basketball shoe. shoe. Putting you on the spot, what's your favorite ball or shoe to play in, whether outdoor or indoor? I mean, I play more indoor than outdoor now. For me? Yeah, for you. I'm going to say, um, oh, man, that's tough. I'm going to say either KD4s or a Kobe, Kobe 8 on old school. I don't know what game it was. I have the white with the gum bottom. It's the one, the game one. Those are the Dame. I don't know if those are Dame ones. Are they Dame ones? It is it's like the only one he did that's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like a it's almost got it's got like that sock type thing like on on the it's more like a sock fit than yeah. the newer ones. Like new ones have a tongue on it, the other ones are a one piece. Those the are ones real, are a one those piece. Those are real nice. The Jordan yep. 29s. Oh, I, the low tops? Yeah, the did I have those or the 30s with the 29s? Yo, another another good one that I used to play in a lot were hyper dunks, like the old school hyper dunks. Oh yeah, yeah, those hyper dunks were kind of nice back in 2000. Those were nice. 13. Yeah. Yes, that was the, that was the shoot a ball in. Kyrie Kyrie lows are kind of my go to now. Like I got a couple Kyrie lows. I'll if I go to play, which if I ever do play again, it, it, it would be Kyrie lows. I'm not gonna lie, those gold hardens I have, they were a little stiff when I first got them, but they were break them in a bit. 
Yeah, they work well for me. They stick well. I'm, I mean, I know I'm more flat-footed and guard-type shoes, so those are a little bit kind of more grounded shoes. But uh, I, I like them. They work really well. They stick well. I haven't been broken in them, so. <laughs> That's a plus. Any, I haven't rolled any ankles. You know it's a good shoe when that happens. I haven't rolled any ankles recently. And knock on wood somewhere. Yeah, oh, I, I got some up there. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. So, someone, uh, let let us know. Let us know what the the basketball your basketball shoe of cho- of choice is. Uh, even if it's a new school shoe, which I don't even care. Anything, any any shoe that you've been balling in or you like the best, put it down in the comments. Yeah, down in the comments. Let us know, and then uh, maybe we'll do like some type of poll at some point, and see uh, maybe some Jordans at some point. What retros? I'll bring out some of my uh, my yeah. basketball shoes I got. Next time, bring out bring out some retros, and then we'll ask them about retros next time. So next week, we're going to talk a little yeah. bit about Jordans. Is there any releases coming up? I like it. <sighs> Always, man. We got What's the next some release? threes. This, we got some Georgetown threes this weekend. Uh, got some white and blue fives, some hyper real ones coming through in April. The uh, UNC fours, a bunch of Jordans, a bunch of just shoes in general coming out. Dunks. I'm a huge dunk fan. I've got it. Just got a pair today. So I'm a huge, a huge dunk head. Nice, nice. I gotta get me Always some. Something. I gotta get me. I gotta cop some. You know, my my shoes been lacking a little bit. A little rough lately. I've been. <laughs> I just been wearing the same few pairs. My rotation's a little light. I need to. I need to step my game up. Hopefully, this tax return just comes a little back. Bit. That stimmy when that stimmy when that stimmy hits, I'm hitting up goat. <laughs> it's coming. Some, find me some deals. Hell uh, yeah! All right, man. Well, it's been almost an hour. Episode two. It's a yeah. wrap. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week here on fitness and stuff. You can catch us video version of the podcast on ETHQ two three nine. That's our YouTube channel. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Cody K- or ETHQ239. Ooh, almost <laughs> plugged myself there. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. This oh, is, man. well, this is Cody King. My man, Zach Baptista. This is fitness and stuff. Anything else, man? Nope, that's it, man. Just watch our, watch our stream later. Watch the stream later. Stream. It's going to be good. Starting out in like 15, 20 minutes. Be there, be square. X. All right, I'm hitting with some music. Do it. We're out. Fitness and stuff. Deuces.